Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Women in Music, the podcast sharing the tales and careers of modern singular voices in music. They just all happen to be female. I'm your host, Millie Cotton, and for this week's episode, I spoke to photographer and creative Isha Shah. Most commonly found in the comfort of capturing London's live music scene, Isha Shah has displayed a unique view to the sights and sounds that pass this busy city's streets daily. While being one of London's most established photographers, Isha also delves into the many creative fields such as radio, events, podcasting, videography, social media, expanding her craft and defining herself as a creative rather than a single label bracket. While immersed in the music scene, some of Isha's regular clients include Mahalia, Jax Jones, Louis Capaldi, Maya Jammer, Miguel, I Wonder, Indoscope, Nike, Alidas, Apple Music. There are so many. Being heavily immersed in London's culture, Isha set up her own creative networking hub called Root Creatives, where creators all over the UK come together and collaborate on projects while networking and expanding their empire via personal projects. It was such a pleasure to talk to Isha for this week's episode. We did talk quite a while ago, so um, I think it was as we were going into the second lockdown rather than, you know, what is now tier four. So I hope everyone is doing really, really well and that everyone has as best of a Christmas as possible. Um, Please do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Women in Music Podcast and I'm at Millie underscore Cotton and Isha is Isha Shah Photography. Thank you so much for listening. How How was your first lockdown now that we're coming into like a second lockdown? The first one was more hard, I think. I mean, at the start, I was just, like, painting and not really doing much, and it was very chill. Um, There was absolutely no work, though. That one was, like, total shutdown. But this one, it's not really a lockdown. I've got so much work lined up that it's just, it's kind of more hectic than before. (laughs) So it's a bit weird, but, um, hey, it's good. Yeah, it's not a bad thing, is it? Because you can still shoot, can't you, throughout this lockdown, whereas I think last one maybe you weren't allowed to. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Um, yeah, I mainly do like events DJing and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm not really doing a lot of that, of course. Slash any yeah. of that. I've actually not I've not played out since like March. Um Oh really? Oh yeah, my god. Such a long time. Um oh, but wow. I mean it's like I'm keeping myself busy with other stuff. Like I work with brands on Instagram quite a lot. Um mm-hmm. and then I do the like the podcast takes a lot of work. So I do all like all the research, all the editing, all the socials. It's like a a whole thing <laughs> wow that's a lot that's yeah a lot. exactly and I love doing it um mm-hmm. so to start how did you start taking photos and why did you start taking photos um honestly I kind of just always wanted to take photos at gigs um when I used to go I just bring my like little digital camera um and honestly it was just like that's how I enjoyed a gig that's how I kind of like liked just to be there um and then I went to uni to study music journalism and you know I couldn't afford to actually buy a camera so I was just like renting the camera from the uni and you know covering shows for publications it was all like a lot of free work 
Um, and yeah, once I got to like, you know, have the access and be in the pit, it was a different experience. And, you know, it kind of made me like it more. And then it was a lot of work because I had to do the um, reviewing alongside the photos. And, you know, you can't just grind and do so much stuff because you just want to take the photos. So you just kind of sacrifice on the other part. But honestly, it's just I've always loved music um, and I've always loved capturing moments. Um, even like dating back to like high school and like middle school, I literally have like so many albums on Facebook and it's just like friends, you know, year eight. And it's just me going around taking photos and stuff. So I feel like it's kind of been an innate thing with me. I've, you know, since I was like born, I've just been taking photos and videos and stuck with me. I love that. So did you, did you start off with like a digital, like a small digital camera or you like your phone maybe? I, I don't know how old you Yeah, so I'm 24. So I don't, I didn't at the time really like really clock about, you know, when I was just hanging out with friends, I used to make these like little recap videos. Now that's what we would call them. And it was just like, you know, year eight. And it would be like footage on my phone that I've taken throughout and made like a little montage video. But at the time I was like, oh, this is just jokes. But looking back now, like, it's just it's just mad to see that I was always kind of innately doing that um and then I'm in like you know um sixth form I moved on to like a little digital camera it was like a blue Fuji camera I still have it but I've lost the battery and again I took that to gigs because you know you could take a little camera in um and then from then you know once I got the access it kind of elevated and then what did you first start shooting on when you first started shooting gigs if you were borrowing it from uni yeah um, so my first experience was in sixth form because I did media and it was a 550, um, the Canons. I think everybody shot on a 550, you know. It's, it's a great camera still um, with the 50mm 1.8. It's, it's quite like your basic start-up setup. Um, so yeah, I started with that and then at uni we had better cameras so I could borrow like a 70D or a 60, you know, kind of getting more in full frame and professional kind of realm. What was your first gig that you got a fast forward to go in the pit? Oh God, it's um, it's such an emo band. It was a band called Suicide Silence. <laughs> yeah, um, and I remember, yeah, it was my first press, you know, in the, in the photo pit and it was at Southampton um, Engine Rooms. Um, and it was just like, I was so close to them. I could like, they, they were like sweating on me and all that. It was, it was such a weird experience because uh, I've never done that before. And the lighting was really dark and it was more of a challenge because with a point and shoot like digital, you don't have to adjust settings. And this one, I was just like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like kept changing the settings. We only have three songs. Um, so yeah, and I had to review the gig also. So a lot was kind of going on that day. Yeah, that's a lot to do in one like doing the the journalism part and the photo part it's like, yeah there's a there's yeah. a reason why there are supposed to be separate people doing that <laughs> there is supposed to be but you know this industry loves to get one person to do everything yeah as much as they can possibly yeah. lead you dry for <laughs> yeah. so you gravitated towards photography because you i mean like live music photography because you you love it right yeah and then, yeah so would you say that you started shooting um not like properly but um as more than just a hobbyist so yeah I guess I have to be fair the whole three years I was in uni I would say it was just like just for fun it was like I want to do this I didn't actually think when I graduate this could be like a real stable job or income um I think in my third year at the like you know at the end of it like an April time um you know I got my first paid client which was a label who reached out to me and that's when like 
it was my first kind of chance and offer and you know money was being thrown at me and, and it was kind of like oh okay so there's there's money in it and there's quite a lot of money in it and you can you know you can kind of make this a, a career so I think it was in my third year the end of my third year to like 2017 where I kind of thought that this could be a viable option and you know once I graduated in July I was like I'll take the summer to like figure out what I want to do but essentially I went straight into being a freelance photographer that you know end of um, that September just straight into it. Amazing that's so cool you don't really hear that very often like a lot of people are like doing a lot of things at once to make it work but yeah. that's incredible that you could just go like straight into it. And how did you work out pricing for like for freelance? Because when you're a freelancer, I don't know about you, but it took me like a long time to work out like what I was essentially worth. So how did you work out what your like what your work is worth? Oh god, that's still to this day that's such a hard question. Um, so at the beginning, I kind of was just asking people who were at the similar level to me, and asking people that I knew who maybe were a bit more advanced. And just kind of being like, look, I'm kind of new to this. What would your rough estimates be? Like, you know, without, you know, if you want to be transparent or not. Um, and, you know, there's a few people who are quite open, but most people just aren't. Most people just don't want to tell you anything. And that's that's the issue because there's these, like, gatekeepers who are like, you know, maybe maybe they're not comfortable with their pricing. So it was, it was quite hard to figure that out. And the kind of rule of thumb that was going around social media was, like, £50 per hour for this, like, you know, beginner photographers so I started doing that but you kind of realize that it the, the money you have to spend to get their equipment is a lot more and you have to do a lot more jobs and it it's not really a good ballpark I would say right now I would give you know I would charge a lot more for beginner photographers um but it was literally trial and error like talking to people you know charging um asking for more every time and seeing what the client would say but I think also at that time, because all my clients were, you know, kind of smallish, independent, it, it does make sense. And still to this day, like, I wouldn't expect an independent person to pay me, like, you know, a grand compared to, like, a big client. I think that's a big thing. And charging by client is still important, no matter what stage in your career. And it's kind of up to you if you want to work with someone smaller and get paid that sum. Because I think everybody deserves nice pictures. And it's still important to remember you know where you came from and like what kind of level you're at so I'm still trying to navigate that now um but I'm in the state of because so many people work for free I've had like this past week like five occurrences where the client doesn't want to pay more than this 150 mark that's apparently just been thrown out there for you know loads of work and that's the issue I'm trying to battle with you know maybe people who are trying to do photography and charging nothing uh, and it devalues me now at my stage in my career and like me trying to get work. So it's it's quite a hard thing to navigate. Definitely. I think it's across the board with different like areas in the creative industry, right? There's no set amount for anyone. So people will always <laughs> undercut other people. But yeah. yeah, it's a hard one to learn. So when you started out, did you have the same sort of style of photography at gigs that you have now? Or has that been something that's like, evolved into what it's become because your photos and they're not just photos they're, they're like works of art essentially where like you like layer stuff over yeah. stuff and there's like motion in it so how yeah. did, how did that style come about so honestly it was just like 
I think that was like an era, I think it was like 2014, 2015, where people were just using like prisms, so you know, like the standard rectangle ones. Um, that was just being kind of popularized. So I kind of started to pick one up, use it, and then kind of like learn the science behind it. And it was just like anything that reflects light you can use. So I was using like perfume lids, um, like cut, cut, like um, glass curtain hangers, like the little round ones. Um, random like chandelier crystals so like I tried to like understand how it works so I kind of bought different shapes they gave different effects until I kind of like found the shapes that I like um, and you know kind of experimented from there and then I got into like double exposure which is just like basically layering images um, where one layer is a bit like you know transparent and the other so you kind of get the crossover it was literally just like playing around and I think them years um, were really kind of key in creativity i will say i don't do that as much now or you know i don't really have the time or the clients don't really want that creativeness now um and then in terms of color i started off with like visco kind of presets just to learn the basics of like how does a preset work and how does color work um and then from them i kind of like developed my own um you know looking at people selling presets seeing what kinds of like things they would change um and yeah just like kind of making my own presets now um and having my own kind of style and I do kind of miss the days when I could be more creative and you know do all these cool crystal double exposure effects but now I think it's more of like a time and a place like I work more with mainstream artists now um a lot of rappers and you know you can't make you can't put a rapper with like a little double exposure they'll just be like what are you doing um it's definitely a kind of like see what the artist vibe is and kind of like tailored towards that yeah nice what do you think at a gig makes for a good image like what do you look for when you go in and you start shooting yeah honestly it's the first thing I look for is like the stage setup so do they have any like props do they have any like backdrops like screens like what what is their setup is it just them um and then also like the lighting is the main thing so if I can um, speak to the lighting person, I always try to like talk to them before the gig, just kind of see what they're doing, um, see what their kind of setup is. But it mainly is the lighting and the the whole set design. They're like the two main things for me. Um, the artists can like, you know, they, they can be a bit boring, but if the setup's cool, then it'll work. Um, if the setup's basic and the energetic, then, you know, it, it's kind of a mix of both what do you do to like prepare for a gig or do you have to prepare for a gig like beforehand before you go in yeah so it i normally depending on the venue um you know at the start i didn't really know like what kind of size what lenses so i would just like ask people who shot here what lens should i bring and it's just mainly like preparing like again the lighting or like how big the stage is and what lens you would need so you know smaller gigs i can kind of get away with using a 24 to 70 or a 35 mil which is like you know quite close up and quite wide but then if you go into like an o2 gig you need that um 70 to 200 because it just gives you more of a range um and the stage is so high that you know you you kind of need to make sure you have the right lenses i've definitely turned up to gigs where i thought i was prepared um you know having that 70 20 200 mil and then the artist appears at the like at another stage at the back of the room and we're all just like oh god 
Is the 70 to 200 like a pap lens sort of or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a really, yeah. A huge one. <laughs> yeah. There are bigger. I've used a 600. Yeah. But you have to have a stand. Otherwise, you can't. It's too heavy. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't it. even imagine. They must be like, yeah, yeah massive. Um, so yeah. like you do lots of individual gig shoots and then you also yeah. go on tour, right? So what's going on tour like yeah. as a photographer? Honestly, um, if I can be honest, it's it's like um, a love and hate relationship. Um, the idea of it is amazing. You know, logistically, it's amazing. You get to travel the world, do what you love to do. But the reality of it is like, it's so intense. It's so stressful. You're always crying. You're always like, you're just not like, you're just not in um, a good state most of the time. Um, I will say it depends on who you're with. That's a, that's a big factor because if you think about it, you're you're technically with them 24-7. So you have to be around people that you're not going to get bored or angry at. You know, it's got to be like good vibes and all of that. Um, I literally remember like the last tour I just did before lockdown. I only, you know, had alone time in my like room when I was sleeping. There was like 20, you know, 20 hours in the day. I was like with all, all these different kinds of people. And when it's a tour that's quite big and you're working with a range of artists, you have to adapt because uh, that tour was like three artists and I had to not be a different person but give off a different vibe with each group because everyone was so different like one one of them would need like more kind of like um you know um kind of gassing them up and the other team would just be very chill and the other guys would just be a bit you know it was just a different vibe so it's a lot of adapting um you also kind of play the role of the therapist I don't know why, but as a photographer, people just are like very, you know, they just they just chat to you about stuff. And because obviously you have to take good photos of them and, you know, to make them look good and feel good, they have to, you know, kind of believe that. So you're just kind of like their therapist is like saying, oh, everything's going to be great. Like, you know, let's get this shot. Let's do that. Um, it's it's quite intense. Um, also, as a woman, it's, it's a whole lot more intense for you. Um, just because, like, I feel we're there's so much more shit that we have to deal with. And on top of being on a tour where, you know, people don't really think twice about it, you know, even having like an AAA pass, a lot of security still, you know, stops me. I literally, on the tour I did with Lewis, um, I was like going through into the sound desk. And I think we were in like Milan or somewhere and the security guard wouldn't let me through, even though I had the pass. And he was like radioing in his, whoever he was radioing and, um, someone from the soundboard had to like come and get me like to get me in and I was just like oh it's just because I'm a woman honestly honestly like honestly it is like there's you know I don't like playing that card but like at the end of the day like when you see something that you know what it's about you just have to call it out um and it was just like I shouldn't have to like wait for a guy to like give me access when I literally have a pass and it was just like one of them where every single job I do there's there's always something there's always somebody and it just makes your job harder because you're just there trying to get your your photo and people are just you know again I guess like security is like you're trying to do your job but like you're not getting paid extra to like stop somebody who has a legitimate pass um it's just like one of them just being like particularly busy yeah Um, and a bit of an asshole that sounds like have you had any other not great experiences I imagine that especially if you're touring with a male artist because a lot of people 
are a lot of people on the tour male? Because like, yeah. I know that there aren't many female TMs. Yeah. Um, a lot of bands are like mostly male, like a, yeah. a guy will have like a male band. So what's yeah. it like being a woman and then being around men all the time? It, so you know what? Um, I've, I've only really, I haven't really done a tour tour with like just women, which I really want to do. Um, it, it Again, it depends on the dynamics. So like with the Lewis tour, there was like 30 of them. So it was Scottish. Yeah, but lovely, lovely people. And like, they, they've they been touring together for years. So it was more of like a family vibe. It was very, you know, it was very like nice and lovely. And everybody was like, you know, friends and that. Um, they had one female who was a merch girl and she was lovely, like I loved her. Um, and I, I always gravitate towards women. I don't know, it's just like an innate thing. And on that tour, the supporting band was a woman. Most of her group were women. And um, I made just I just made friends with their photographer and just now we're really close. But it I don't know. I kind of feel like sometimes you're kind of looked at as like a token um, in a way because it's like oh it's something new. It's something that's not really like us. I feel um, and I guess I guess they just you know men just like attention. But I have never had like a, a serious serious issue. There've just been a lot of times where I personally um, not with them but with like other external people at the venue or other external people felt uncomfortable. And my touring party hasn't really picked up on that at all. Um, and, you know, we're in different countries, you know, I don't really know these people. Um, and it, it's kind of awkward because it's like, you know, they, they should all be kind of looking out for you. But if, if they don't experience the same things as you, they're not going to pick up on like how you're feeling. Um, and I don't know, I just feel like, guys just they just don't they don't really like chatting about stuff they're all just like oh I'm always happy I'm always good and especially on a tour you kind of you don't have to tell me your life story but you kind of need to like talk and talk through your emotions and like talk about how you're feeling and how you're really feeling because it's, it's quite an intense thing and I feel like um all the experiences where I've you know kind of ha had the luxury of like working with women on tours it's been I've loved it it's been amazing and I always just like gravitate towards them um, I will say when I, I, it wasn't a tour, but I worked with like um, Orin Ray and Ari Lennox when she came to the UK for like four days. And like that whole, that whole lineup and that whole party, um, there was a lot more women, a lot more, um, which I was just like so happy about. But the whole vibe in that was probably the best vibe ever. There was, you know, she was on tour with um, two other artists. But it didn't feel like she was the headliner. It just felt like everybody was on the same level. Everybody was in each other's dressing rooms. Everybody was just chatting to each other. You know, everyone was just on the same vibe. And like, even though that wasn't a tour, it was just four days in London. That probably was like one of my favorite experiences working in, you know, this industry and working with people that I feel like you just you just vibe with and we're all on the same level. I imagine it must have made for good photos as well, because with tour photos, it's not just like taking photos of the artists on stage, is it? It's like yeah. backstage taking, it's like the personal shots that no one gets to see. Yeah, it is It is a bit, but also people are really lazy on tour. And, you know, I fall into that trap of, you know, we drive to the venue, we kind of wake up at one, sound checks not till five. You know, there's... It, it kind of depends again on who you're on tour with. Some people are like really excited about it and I'm one of the excited people because I don't do it. You know, I don't travel all the time, but some people are so used to it that they just want to go to the venue, sit in the dressing room and wait till the show. So 
it, it depends on like what you're up for um especially me i just like take it upon myself to go into the city and you know meet up with other photographers meet up with other creatives and explore around so other creatives you have your platform roots creative why did you decide to found that and can you say what the platform's about a little bit yeah so roots creative essentially is um a platform that is it's just kind of made to connect people together um it's obviously based in london and we've done a few meetups but it's essentially like based on youtube and the whole idea behind it was i don't believe there's like a good network of creatives that can just easily be like oh i need a photographer i need a makeup artist let's you know collaborate um and it kind of started off with like me you know in the starting days of my career not really like doing many jobs and doing a lot of personal projects but you know not having the money to pay people like makeup artists and stylists so it's kind of a way to you know get that portfolio collaborate with people make strong networks so like when you kind of grow um you know and do campaigns you can bring them along with you and be like oh i know a stylist um and all of that so we just kind of started making youtube videos where we do like the whole three photographers shoot one model and it's a mix between like networking educating learning and you'd be kind of like interview them at the start and then at the end like what did you learn from this um and everyone's photos are always different and from that i've like made some lifelong friends you know i've gone to new i literally went to new york and was like fuck it let's film an episode and you know met four amazing photographers a model um yeah it was just like a cool experience and i wouldn't have done that otherwise and i've done that in canada um in calgary and vancouver and it's it's brought people together so it's really cool you also had your black lives matter was it, it was, i wrote it down but i haven't got it in front of me um you it's okay you started that collective to raise and donate money for yeah. black lives matter right and you raised yeah. like twenty thousand dollars i read yeah so with that i wanted like that time it was just like something you know has to be done and i felt like the photo community could really really raise a lot of money um especially like i've never seen a joint print store ever you know if one exists then i'd love to know about it but it was just like the idea of like connecting people all over the world so me um and a couple of like photographer friends you know, from new york and la just kind of like got together and like you know put the site up made the assets kind of had zoom calls every day um there's nothing to do in lockdown so it was a really great thing and really fun we got way more submissions than we thought we started off with like you know 10 and it ended up with 250 and we were like oh my god like this is this is a lot and it was really really great like the amount of people that sent in their stuff and also like the kind of levels of photographers we had like beginner photographers who sold so many and like these big big photographers as well um so it's really great to see them kind of like stepping in and supporting um and then i also did one with platform london which was um, not just photography it was like any digital creative thing and that was more um uk based so we had more like uk buyers we raised about i think eight grand for that um and half of it went to um the stephen lawrence charitable trust because we wanted to like give back to like a local thing and then the other half went to a us organization so having them two kind of projects really really helped and i was even contemplating starting another one for nsars um which hopefully we can get to with the lockdown now um but it's just been so busy you sound incredibly busy and they they're both such amazing things to do like bringing so many people together in that way is like really very admirable um 
so to go back to getting into photography with giving advice to people how would you say that people should start out like how do you think they should try about going getting their first booking or do you think everyone sort of needs to go in it and go in and start working for free essentially so here's it's quite a com a complex answer so i feel like depending on what field so let's say for example music because i know quite a lot about that i think if you want to get into music the best way is to start you know from bottom and kind of like you know i guess you can't really do this now but back in the day back in the day was like what a year ago you could just go to like local venues um you know pay like you know five pound entry them kind of venues where you see like a bunch of local bands um, and you kind of like start networking you know you talk to the photographers there you talk to some fans you talk to the band because you have the access to talk to the you know lighting person the sound person the venue owner um, whoever you can talk to the promoter just kind of like introduce yourself um and just like network a bit and then from then you can kind of be like oh i took some photos of your band um do you want to use them on socials and i feel like if it's something that's mutual beneficial at the start then you know that that could be okay if it's just like for socials but then obviously if they hire you more and more you know you can start building that relationship and charging for them or offering can i do some promos you know which i believe should be paid no matter what stage in your career what stage in the band's career it's promotional material um i'm not saying it has to be paid like insane amounts but i think just start getting into the idea of seeing it as a business um, and, you know, start charging, you know, if it's 50 pounds, if it's 70, like whatever you feel comfortable to start. Uh, and then from then, I think um, applying to publications, because now you've got that portfolio, you can approach publications, just email like 10 at a time, you know, get out of the way, chase them up, um, be persistent. You definitely have to chase up emails. And then from then, although not all publications pay, some do, you, you get a bigger portfolio of working, you know, at the O2 and you get to shoot Post Malone and you have this in your portfolio book. And then from then you can kind of like reach out to labels and managers and artists, whatever way you can. Like it's a bit harder. I know for me, I spent a good year and a half just emailing managers and having a zero response rate. Like what I learned is they kind of come to you. They don't really reply to any email. And I've had the case of emailing like managers, them ignoring me for a year, but then a year later they're like, oh, we want to work with you. And it's just like, well, you aired my email for a year. Um, so it, it, I think it's still like, you should still do it even if you don't get a response. It's just having that dedication, determination, putting yourself out there, especially social media is so, so important. It's free. So promote yourself as much as you can. Um, you know, kind of your friends will promote you and then, you know, credit, all of that. It, it's all kind of like a snowball from there. So like everything you kind of do, somebody will see, respond to, they'll hire you. Somebody will like say, oh, I worked with this photographer, word of mouth. Um, so I think if you can get the groundwork in there, then the rest will follow and it will be quite a strong way. But I know in this day and age, people just want that quick, I want to get paid now. I want that connect now. I get I get people who don't even follow me like, oh, who's your contact at this record label? Absolutely same. It does yeah. my head in. Like you get then you go on your pro their profile and then yeah, they don't follow you and I'm like, oh my god, you're so rude. 
yeah <laughs> yeah at least, at least hit the follow button <laughs> yeah i've i've had that a lot um there's definitely a way to go about it i feel if you if you don't know somebody you you, you can't just ask for their contact you can ask like maybe like oh how did you get into it but you know there's always a way and i feel i feel very strongly about the approach you have to people um i personally don't like i i, I don't like asking people for help or i don't really like asking people for anything because I, I always feel like oh my god what if i come across as like a beg or something it's just like it's not what i want so i think working on your approach is something that's really important definitely and it sounds like you've been really really persistent and like done some proper hustling which I think is kind of yeah no one sees the bit before you start to do well right like no one sees the how many how many years have you been doing this for like a while yeah like oh god I went to uni in 2014 so that's like that that's when I would say that I started taking photos on actual camera um and then you know I went freelance 2017 so like a good three years I've been doing it freelance you know they say it takes five years to grow business so you know hopefully two more years it will be like really really solid i mean it's really solid right now um i'm very very lucky i don't want to like you know complain even though there's a lot to complain about but i would say the first two years were just a lot of expensing you know buying equipment buying all of this and then 2019 was my best year in terms of work it couldn't have gone better so it's just putting a lot of effort in and the outcome, you know, it it will be great. And you just kind of have to try and, you know, check up on the older clients that maybe haven't emailed you in a year and just be like, just checking in if you had any work going, you know, I'm available. Um, just reminding them that you still exist. Yeah, no, definitely. I do that quite a lot as well. Yeah. But it's necessary, right? And like, I think it can be quite scary to put yourself out there in the, out there in that way sometimes. But you do have to do it. Yeah. Um, who would you choose to shoot if you could shoot anyone, artist-wise? Oh, oh my God, I always, people always ask me this. And my answer, oh, it, it's so hard because I don't want to say the kind of same, everybody would say like Beyonce. And yeah, of course, like, I'd love to shoot her. But for me, I don't, I think it's it's somebody like, I, I, don't, I really don't know. I don't have a proper answer, but I really want to get back into my creativeness and doing like all these cool prison double exposure. So like DJ, someone like Zed, like someone who has insane stage, you know, um, stage design. And I know he does. He has some insane bold things. And for me, I think it would be amazing to like work with somebody who really cares about how they kind of present themselves on stage. So like, you know, any kind of like cool big DJ, but in terms of like an artistic kind of like personal level, um, someone like Jason Derulo, which sounds sounds cringe, but he's an amazing performer. He gives a performance. He's almost theatrical when he performs. Um, so I, I like that aspect, you know, he has insane, you know, dancers, he has, insane sorry there's fireworks going on i don't know if this is too loud yeah i don't know what's happening but god but yeah i just think like somebody who like you know loves performing and i've been a fan of him i've seen him live i i think he's an amazing performer his current photographer does an amazing job he's also somebody who likes to take photos of himself so getting them portrait shots you know getting them pose shots he'll be up for 
and I've struggled so hard to like get artists to like you know get out the room and do some pose shots so somebody who's really really like into themselves so I can capture that um definitely I would say Jason Derulo Beyonce and Zed nice um I think that's it to be honest oh no one last question um if you could change anything about the music industry and any experiences you've had what would it be oh god this question's good I could go on for ages um (laughs) please do tell me tell me everything where to start um so if you go on my twitter you can find all my rants where I've addressed this do you know Um, I don't have twitter I've not I've not had it for about four years because I like I find it so loud I just it's okay yeah, but I mean, I will do Fair. later because I'm nosy, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I ran I a lot about this. So this industry, I think the first thing I would change is the level of communication. I think a lot of the time what happens is when you're hired by, you know, the label, but essentially your subject is the artist, there's always a, a clash. And I think communication between the label, the artist, the management and you is very important. I think people need to send briefs a lot of the time it's just like, oh, we want a recap video and photos. And then you make a recap video and photos in your style because they've hired you and then they want it completely different. So I think we need briefs, we need strict guidelines. If you are that fussy, if you're not, then just let us do our thing and don't complain. Uh, We need contracts, contracts are so important. Some labels do have them, some don't, but always have your own to cover your back. Um, we need to get rid of this whole 150 pound rule of like, just no, the music industry, no, like, I don't know why people still are saying this for like six hours of work, you know, editing, they want social use, they want promo use. It's All like, of that no, for 150 pounds? Oh God, yeah. I don't know why, oh like, God, who, I don't know, not... I don't know who's like just going around giving this rate and it's just like, stop it. Like, and you know, yeah, it's, that's, that's it's not, really, and it's not enough. It's It's not. It's not even touching, but I think I think there needs to be more um, communication about rates. I think definitely that whole sector of rates with labels saying, oh, this is standard. There's, there's no rules about rates. Um, photographers also kind of demanding more. I think we need, to, we need to kind of stand our ground. So the main thing I would change is just like the attitude of the industry. I think- um, no, Not a big one then. <laughs> not a big one just a little a just a little, just a thing. little thing just the attitude of what people have um you know at the end of the day if an artist doesn't like what they're wearing they can change it so if we're if we're not happy um you know we need to be able to like stand up and just say like I want to get paid more I don't you know I don't like how you're talking to me there's a lot of that happening as well and I'm just very much like I've agreed to this you want this pay me more or I'm not going to do it like it is what it is um but that's, that's only happened quite recently. I've kind of found my voice to say no to people. Um, and it, it, it's, it's still quite hard to. Saying no is difficult though, isn't it? It's like when you, you don't want someone to not hire you again and you don't want yeah. people to think badly of you. But then it's like, what do I do? Do I stand my ground or do I let yeah. people walk all over me? And it's, it's a difficult one, especially yeah. being freelance. Because I mean, an opportunity is money and money is... What we need to live on so yeah obviously it helps yeah the more you progress and the more stable you become you're definitely able probably i imagine able to say no and stand your ground a bit more also yeah yeah i totally understand that and i think that that definitely comes with time it comes with confidence 
but it also comes with kind of like self-respect in terms of I've said no a lot and then they just turn around and be like okay we're going to pay you because I think a lot of the people in the industry are kind of wired to just think that oh photographers they're pushovers and then once you kind of like say I'm not going to do it they, they're kind of shocked and at the end of the day they need you you've got to remember like they need you more than you need them um, and just approach things that way because otherwise if you're like kind of like begging at their feet that they just will take advantage of you so just be very bold and confident with yourself because they'll they'll be nothing without us yeah exactly i think that's such a good place to leave it because that's such brilliant advice thank you mm-hmm.